determine what our treasures are by setting our value system based on accepting or rejecting the ideas to which we are introduced. This is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries podcast. Matthew 6.21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as we just heard in this little intro clip, what we treasure is the direct result of the ideas that we hold. If you are listening today for the first time, welcome. We are nearing the end of our seven-part series dealing with desire. Today, Tori challenges us to ask the Lord to show us ideas that we have adopted that are contrary to Him and what He wants us to desire. Once we take inventory of what ideas we are holding on to, then we can start the process of renewing the mind, removing destructive images and ideas, and replacing them with the mind of Christ. Here is Tori Bjorklund, President of TRC Ministries, teaching Part 6 of Dealing with Desire. I don't think I'm going to go through much review or anything. I think I just want to jump right in where we are, and hopefully it'll stand on its own. Chapter 8 of Romans. We'll start at verse 5. Verse 5, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God and subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I wrote a little paraphrase verses because I, I want, well first of all, I want you to realize that the word mind here, is only used here in the, the, the Greek word that Paul used for mind is only used here in Romans as well as one other place later on when he says that that the spirit knows the mind but it isn't used in other places where the Bible uses the word mind and I think that that's significant and so the other thing is this idea of according those who are according to the flesh we we use these words but this isn't everyday kind of language. And so I wanted to see if I could kind of put it in some different language that might be helpful to us. So this is my attempt at that. Those who live in relation to their physical existence mind the things of the flesh. But those who live in relation to the spirit mind the things of the spirit. For when one minds the physical, the result is death. One minds the spirit the result is life and peace. Because minding the flesh opposes God's purpose, because it is not subjecting oneself to the law of God, because you can't do both. Those who treat their existence as only physical cannot please God. I think that this is a fairly accurate way of understanding this idea of mind that is translated here. It's not the intellect or even necessarily the thought, but it is the attention and the intent. Even it carries the concept of intent or purpose to it, not just 
thinking about something. Whereas in other places, like we have in Philippians 4, 8, there's the idea of thinking, think on these things, and it really is an intellectual concept of thought that's used there to set your mind. When we think of setting our mind, we think of giving thought to something. But when you think about minding your P's and Q's, or you know what I mean? When you, talk, when you use it that way, then we get a little bit different connotation, don't we? So we've been talking about dealing with desire. And I think this is a key verse. And this is where we're going to talk about. I also just jumped to Matthew. And then, uh, because I want to make the assertion here. Have you ever thought of it this way, that this teaching that Paul was making is exactly the same teaching that Jesus made in portion of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. I mean, the, the sermon starts in chapter 5, but this portion in, in chapter 6. Let's just read this together. Chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. As I said, this is Jesus teaching in what we refer to often as the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching to the masses here, and we're jumping into the middle of it. But I, I want you to notice here, I don't know if you'll see the connection, but I'm just really struck with the idea here. And, and we'll talk more about it. Chapter 6, verse 19. I'll read it to you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The lamp of the body is the... If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look to the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more? Than and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his life's span? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more do for so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what are we shall we clothe ourselves for all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these added to you therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of its own just to help you make the connection I like the way I learned it in the King James version when I was younger Verse 25, what is the King James, how does King James um, version put that? Somebody have that? Therefore I say unto you, 
Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? It starts off, take no thought. It ends, take no thought for tomorrow. Take no thought. So, I want to back up just a little bit, but I wanted to kind of get these planted, these verses planted in our minds. And we've been talking about dealing with desire. And so we get to this point where we ask the question, what can we do? And, and you might recall I was talking earlier about the Bible telling us to renew our minds and to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. The Bible also says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And, and so I was asking the question, where do we start? What do we do first? We should start with the mind. And we talked about how the mind is influenced and has different areas of thought. We talked about ideas and we talked about images. And I think maybe just for that piece, I want to jump back to the, to the review here. Ideas and images are strongholds that are in our lives that have been raised up against the knowledge of God and they determine how we interpret everything we experience. The person and the teachings of Jesus is the primary means of tearing down these strongholds and the process of renewing the mind involves replacing the images and ideas with the mind of Christ. And so Jesus addressed the issue of ideas and he used images to do it. That's one of the reasons he taught in parables. He used images to teach ideas and he confronted the ideas of the religious establishment of his day as well as the Roman established the governmental establishment of his day and so the process of renewing the mind is the process of removing destructive images and ideas and replacing them with the mind of Christ so the first step that we need to do is summon our ideas and we talked a lot about how ideas affect us and I want to say that we seek what we value. We seek what we value. Okay? And we value what is appealing to that which we consider most important. Okay? The things that we value are the things that appeal to us or to the things that we think are important. Sometimes you have conflicting desires, right? We talked about that. Which of those conflicting desires is, is likely to overtake the other? The one that we consider the most important to us. One that we value the most. And so our values are built by what appeals to those things which we think are important. Or to that which we place the highest priority. Okay? So our ideas are where our mind is placed. In other words, we are feeding our value system, we are building up or tearing down the appeal that something has to us based on the ideas that we are taking in and adopting as our own. So where our mind lies or where we rest our mind, where it dwells, is our adopted orientation of how we view and experience everything else. So I want to go back to what I said in this slide here. The ideas and images are our strong, our strongholds that determine 
the way that we interpret and experience everything else. Ideas are the way that we interpret everything that happens to us. You've heard of optimists and pessimists. The ideas that they have about reality influence the way they interpret every single thing that happens to them. It's an idea, and it's an image that they have of themselves, and it's an image that they have of God. It's an image they have of the world, and it's the ideas that are fueling those images. So our ideas are our adopted orientation of how we view and experience everything else. And I said adopted because this is the place where we get some choice. I talked about how when we're in the midst of desire, it's very, very difficult for us to choose not to desire something or to desire something else. However, this is the place where we actually get to exhibit some self-will. And that is in adopting an orientation. And the way that we adopt an orientation is that we choose the ideas that we accept and that we reject. Now last week we went through some images and said, what ideas do these put forward? And you remember the first one? Anybody remember the first image I put up there? Barbie. Okay. And Barbie carries with it ideas. What were some of the ideas that, that Barbie is intended to carry? Beauty, okay? Feminine beauty, feminine success. There's a concept here, an idea that is put forward by this image. Now we have an option to choose to buy into that idea or to reject that as an idea of beauty. What, for example, what does the Bible teach about beauty? About, about feminine beauty, for example. Let your beauty be on the inside, a gentle and quiet spirit. So this was Peter that was saying that, right? There's examples that are put forward of beauty in the scripture. We can choose which of those ideas we decide are the accurate idea of reality, an accurate representation of what truly is beautiful. Do you understand that? This is where we get to choose. And this is what... Let's read Psalm 26 actually together. This is what the psalmist, what David, was saying. We sang it this morning. Search me, O Lord. Right? Psalm 26, 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Try my reins and my heart. So what are your reins? Your mind. It's your orientation. It's your orientation. This is the mind that Paul was talking about. It's not just examine my thoughts. It's examine what I have a mind to do. And so the ideas here is how we come to see what it is that we believe to be reality. Our idea of these basic aspects of life reveal to us our orientation towards life. And so this is your homework this week. I would challenge you to ask God several times. Do it every day. God, is there something that I have come to believe 
that is not in keeping with the reality of your existence. This is what Paul was talking about when he wrote to the Corinthians. He said that the weapons of our warfare are not physical, not of the flesh, are not carnal, but are divinely for the destroying or the tearing down of fortresses that are raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is what I'm asking you to do. See, now, our world and the culture particularly that we are in in America primarily believes that the physical existence is all there is. That's the dominant view in our culture. As a result, every idea put forward starts with that premise. And this is why Paul said anybody who relates to this world only in the physical, okay, who lives according to the flesh. That according to is in relation with. The person who acts in this world as if the physical is the only thing there is cannot be in harmony with God because their idea system is raised up as a stronghold against God. And you can go back to Romans 1 to see what happens when you remove God from your thinking. That process of insanity starts there. Now we have not rejected, I hope every one of us, have, have accepted the existence of God. But it's very subtle and for us, it's easy for us and subtle, we don't notice it, easy to miss the fact that we are taking in ideas that are predicated on the assumption that the physical is all there is. This is the mindset on the flesh. This is what Paul is talking about. And Jesus went to the opposite extreme and said what? Don't give a thought about these basic issues of life, what we think of as basic issues of life, which were what? Food, clothing, right? I mean, the people must have thought he was insane. But you know what? He proved that it was unnecessary when he fed the 5,000, right? He demonstrated that in the kingdom of God, this stuff is minor in that sense of setting your orientation, being motivated by what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. And then he made this statement. And I want to say, use this word, mind what you treasure. Mind what you treasure. The things that we value are our treasure. The things that we value are our treasure. We determine what our treasures are by setting our value system based on accepting or rejecting the ideas to which we are introduced. Now some of us have been introduced to ideas that we have sort of taken, we sort of set aside and we try not to think about them. Now I know I did that. I did that as a young, as a young boy. Um, 
I, I made the decision, I made the conscious decision to reject God in my thinking when I was probably 11 years old. And so I spent a lot of energy and effort to ignore and to not think about the reality of God because I could not reject the reality of God. I couldn't get rid of the idea that God actually existed. I, I was unable to do that. And so what I did was I ignored, I refused to think about that. I refused to bring the idea of the existence of God into my thinking. And I took steps to do that. And there would be times when I literally would use drugs in order to avoid thinking about what I was thinking about, which was the existence of God, which was the presence of God, which was the disappointment that God was having because of me. And as those thoughts came into my mind, I took active steps to push them out of my mind. Okay? And this is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 1, verse, verse 18. Romans 1, 18 and 19. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. Yeah, so the wrath of God is displayed or, or, or revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. And so I was experiencing Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. And why? Well, part of what I treasured more than anything else was my independence. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. There were other factors involved, but I had a treasure. And I was trying very hard, very diligently to preserve that treasure. And so the point that I want to make is this, the treasuring of things, is directly connected to the ideas that you accept and reject. I've used the example with the little child, and you offer them would you like a dime or would you like a nickel? And depending on how small they are, they will almost always choose the nickel. Why? Their value system is based on the idea that the size is what determines the value of something. Okay? Later, they start getting a little smarter. And, and what happens? They choose the dime. What changed? Their idea of currency changed and they realized that the size of it doesn't determine its overall value okay so your treasures will be determined directly by the ideas that you accept and reject in your life so the things that we value are a treasure and wherever our treasure is guess what follows our heart what is our heart yeah it's our it's our spirit our will it's the center of who we are. Our will will follow our treasure. We think that we can affect our desires directly, but it doesn't happen that way. You know, the, the typical situation with young people when they're thinking about dating, there's the, there's the idea that, well, that person is really a nice person and they have a great personality, but they don't have the physical appeal that I'm desiring. There's a value system being expressed. 
And you don't just decide then, okay, well, I'm going to start valuing people that meet these character criteria be, besides what they look like to me. Well, why is that? Because you have to start by examining your idea of what it is that you value in the person that you're looking to marry. And where do we get those ideas? Primarily from the culture around us that is determining what constitutes beauty and we have adopted ideas that affect what we value in the people that we interact with. We look at people that have a different body weight than what Barbie doll does and we them as less valuable than somebody else or less intelligent or less in some other way because we've adopted the idea that was put forward by our culture of what constitutes beauty and success and we want to hang around with successful people and so we denigrate people that don't meet that idea that's put forward by our culture and so when you start finding yourself having experiences of disrespect towards somebody and you wonder why why am I so short with that person why can't I be respectful towards that person examine your ideas that's where it comes from your value system in other words what you treasure is directly connected to the ideas that you have adopted so we will establish an inclination or a predisposition towards the things that we treasure. That is our heart will follow where our treasure is. All right? If you want to treasure something, so if you want to change what you treasure, here's the way you go about doing that. You need to find the ideas that hold it in high regard and bring those before your mind on a regular basis. Find the ideas that hold it in low regard and reject them and any images that are associated with them. So if you want to change what you treasure, you won't change it directly. You will do it indirectly by finding the things that hold that treasure, that also treasure it. The teachings, the programs. Take an example. Um, Chariots of fire. What's the primary message of chariots of fire? You, okay, using your talents for God's glory and being faithful to him in the midst of it. So here was a man who was willing to sacrifice his Olympic dreams to not violate his conscience. And he was pursuing those Olympic dreams in order to glorify God. He wanted to glorify God. But he recognized he couldn't do it and violate his conscience at the same time and this created a problem for him and he and he overcame that by being faithful to God in his conscience but you watch a movie like that you can't help but be inspired to be faithful to God in the midst of some potential goal and objective and value that you had being lost because why you set this priority of the valuing a clear conscience before God above this other value now this is something that puts an idea up 
high and, and, and it holds it up and it says this thing. And then you look at other movies. Naomi and I were at a movie and we, we saw a preview for some other movie. Love, honor, and redemption. Okay? Now, remember, these are ideas. Ideas are abstract concepts. Love, honor, and redemption. And then it showed a bunch of images. So it puts this love, you know, and then it showed lust as the image. It put forward images that says this is love, this is honor, this is redemption. You can't watch a movie like that without being impacted. You, let me tell you how you're impacted. You are constantly having to say, wait a minute, is that the case? I have to reject that idea. I have to reject this idea. I have you spend your whole time either fighting it or adopting it. The thing is that the images are the delivery mechanism for ideas. And if we adopt ideas, we are setting our treasure. When we set our treasure, we are setting our heart to follow. So this is how you deal with desire. You examine what are your ideas? What are the things that you treasure? And you take the things that you want to treasure, that you, this is now assuming that we're believers and that we have sometimes these divided desires, and we say, this is the desire I want to win. If you want that desire to win, what you do is you find the ideas that uphold and you bring those before your mind as often as you can. You find the ideas that denigrate that and you remove that as much as you can. So I came from a, 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 a background that said, we shall not go to dances we shall not go to move, we shall not play with cards, and there was a list of things. Nobody explained to me why that ever came about. It's probably not a bad idea. I mean, it's, I mean, you could do worse. But the thing that I never realized is that my heart is drugged by my treasure. It's tied to my treasure. And wherever my treasure is, my heart is following. And my treasure is determined by the ideas that I have adopted. And the world out there is full of ideas. And to me, the solution isn't banning certain activities. The solution is putting forward. And what we do here every Sunday is to forward ideas, to exalt them, to put up on a pedestal, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, the riches of the inheritance of the saints in Christ Jesus, to put forward ideas that square with a reality that is greater than the ideas being put forward by this world. But that's not just enough. Let's also say, what are the ideas that we have adopted that we need to strike from our, from our thinking, from our value system. And let's quit feeding those ideas. So in Matthew 19, I'm sorry, 6, 19, 
Jesus is teaching exactly the same thing here that Paul taught in Romans 8. Don't worry about your life, he says. Never mind. Never mind. You know, we say that, we use that phrase, never mind. That's what Paul was talking about, the mind set on the flesh. The mind not set on the flesh is like, never mind. Take no thought for it. This is more than thought. It begins with a thought, but the mind that's set on the flesh is an orientation in life toward the physical as opposed to an orientation toward the spiritual. To orient oneself is, in order to orient oneself, we must set our mind. And this is why Paul said it in Colossians 3, for example. What, what did he say in Colossians 3? If then you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then he said what? Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are here on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life. Remember Jesus said, your life consists of more than these things. And so what he's talking about here is taking this idea that constitutes the reality of the heavens that is greater than the tea that consists only of this earth. Jesus said, don't fear those who can kill the body, right? And so he treated these things as if they're pretty minor. And this is where, where we get into thinking on these things. Set our minds, that simply means to choose to put thought towards something, to bring the thought before our mind. The mind that's set on the flesh is one that is thinking primarily about the flesh. And we're not talking about the evils of the flesh here. We're just talking about the fact that we physically exist. When we set our mind on the flesh, we place a higher priority on it than our spirit. Remember where our treasure is. The things that we hold as our highest values, they will win the day in a conflict of desire every time. The Bible is full of thoughts worth bringing before our mind. And I would encourage you, as you, for example, if you memorize, if you're memorizing the Bible, why should we memorize? So we have at the ready ideas that we can put before our mind to supplant ideas that God reveals to us that are contrary to those put forward by God. So there are practical things we can do. We can have, you know, the TV guide, Philippians 4.8, the, the biblical TV guide. But if we say, never watch a movie that is rated above a rated PG or something like that, what we're doing is we're making a law. What we want to do is to say, hey, is this movie going to promote the things I want to treasure or is it not? Is it going to promote something opposite? And sometimes it's easier just to make a rule like that on your own. But the point is, it's not the rule that makes the difference. It's the treasure the difference. And we choose what we treasure by the ideas that we take in and accept. And we can choose to take in lots of ideas and reject them. But that's a whole lot more work than we need to do. Why don't you just take in the ideas that you want to accept and not take in the ideas that you want to reject? It makes a lot less work. Think on these things. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are here on earth. For you have died, 
And your life is in Christ. Is, you understand? This is, this is where you exist. So put your mind on these things. And you will then drive your treasure there. And that will bring your heart along with it. I want to say in closing, you will always have desires. There will always be conflicts of desires. Remember I pointed that out earlier. There will always be conflicts of desire. We will have to choose which desire is not going to be filled. Right? This is something that exists in reality. It's just a reality. We're going to have to set our mind on being willing to deny ourselves some desire. We can choose to try to deny the desires when we're in the middle of the desire. But why not make the choice way upstream while the stream and the current is small? Why not make the choice when you can leap the creek rather than when it takes the entire, you know, Navy system or something to try to divert that stream of desire? This is the place to deal with desire. You can weaken it. You can strengthen it by the choices that you make here. So, as one of the characters in a movie said, choose wisely. The red pill or the blue pill, choose wisely. Let me pray and we'll be done. God, thank you that you have put forward to us something that is so much better than what this world has to offer. And we have the opportunity to participate with you in this kingdom of yours. Help us, God, to get a vision for the things that are of infinite value, to be caught up in that stream, to become passionate about the things that you desire. Help us, God, and I just pray that each one of us would allow you and ask you to evaluate our ideas and to point out to us the things that we have adopted that is not in keeping with the truth of your reality so that we might reject it and stop feeding it with the images that promote it. And I just ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening in today. Our vision at TRC Ministries is to see individuals fulfill their calling under the authority of the church, using the resources of the kingdom of God. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries, or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.